1: Hello, and welcome to the 52 Weeks Podcast. Side note, Tracy got sick. We all had a crazy week last week, so there will not be a week 23. This is week 24. And today we're going to talk about spending time in nature. So you guys, stop me at any point. I'm just going to jump into a little bit of research that I did about spending time in nature. And, and then we'll talk about the challenge and jump into our goals. So some of the benefits of spending time in nature, and again, stop me at any point if you guys have thoughts
2: or questions
1: or comments. So some of the benefits of spending time in nature is it reduces stress, anxiety, depression, reduces the number of mood disturbances. And I will we'll put the um, citations in the show notes. It increases your quality of life, increases a sense of community, Because anytime, I mean, think about times where you've been out on the trail and people walk by you, and it's not like in a grocery store. I feel like in a grocery store, people put their heads down and they do their shopping, but on a trail, everyone's like, hi, how's it going? And everyone's smiling and waving because people are happy to be out in nature. Uh, It increases physical activity levels, it increases cognitive functioning. Um, People who spend time in nature typically are smarter, stronger, healthier, happier, and more. Productive. I watched a really interesting YouTube video, and this guy shared some thoughts about nature, and I thought this was really interesting. He said that we will drive to the middle of nowhere to surround ourselves with trees. You know, we swim, we camp, we hike, we rock climb, we mountain bike. Think about all the activities that we do outside that put us in nature. He said that we even put natural spaces in front and behind our houses. Uh, We put natural spaces on school campuses and restaurants. Think about, um, you know, restaurants have fish tanks and plants and and also when you're in a restaurant, would you rather be in the restaurant or would you rather be by a window with a beautiful view of the outdoors? Um, People keep plants inside of their homes. People like bits of nature wherever they're at, right? Um, Have you ever gotten up and gone outside to go on a walk to reduce your stress? And hospital patients with a view recover faster than hospital patients without a view. Apartments with balconies are way more desirable and usually more expensive, right? And people who live in more green spaces are more satisfied with their neighborhood and with their life. Really interesting, right? People love nature. And now here's the super sad thing. Most Americans spend an average. I know how much you love statistics, Tracy. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Most Americans, but this doesn't surprise me. Most Americans spend an average of ninety-three percent of their day indoors. Just think back to, like, back in time. We were like the Earth. The Earth is our home, right? We were outside. We were outside all day, every day, because it's our home. And now, these sheet-walk walls. That's our home. And we spend so much time in this home and so much time in a little cubicle or in an office and, and we don't get outside anymore. It's just really sad to me. So um, let's take a pause there. I have a few more things to talk about, but I want to ask you guys about how your experiences were walking barefoot outside. So that was the challenge this week. Which one of you wants to start?
2: I can start. Um, I, so first off, I agree with all that. I mean, it it makes sense to me. I think it's a natural mood lifter to be outside. Outside is, I feel like that's, I definitely have gone there to reduce my stress. I've definitely noticed that it's reduced my stress or that it's helped me to get out of a funk. Uh, I think the biggest thing about being in nature or outside is that it can call your mind or bring you to the present moment. And so that's really, really healthy for all of us, especially if we worry about things. So I think that that was really, um, that's insightful for me. There's another study that's referenced. Uh, and I know this is from Brooke Snowen. Anyway, they took people and they had them no matter their climate, whether they lived in a cold climate or a warm climate, every single person went outside for 30 minutes a day and just bundled up or whatever. And those people who had done that, like the group that did the outdoor walking and the people who had, I mean, outdoor time every single day, just for 30 minutes, by the way. And then the other group that did um, didn't do that, and like the the numbers in their depression and like all of the the factors of like just overall well well being improved in the group that was outside every day, no matter the weather. And so that was just an interesting, like that kind of goes along with what some of the data that you shared. So anyway, I definitely, so this, the, the last um, three times this past, so two times last week, and then one time this week, yesterday morning, we, my dad has a pasture. And in that pasture, there um, can be thistle Thistle grow and so there's like always around this time we go out there and dig out the thistle to try to make sure that it doesn't spread more than it already has and so we were out there digging for and we would do it from 7 a.m to 9 a.m for several days and I just noticed the days that we did that I felt so much better just like by starting my day outside moving my body and being out in the just being outdoors and um, it, it made a significant difference, at least in how I was feeling. So I do know that, like, there are definitely effects that I've had or experienced. And David and I have been out walking in different areas. We've been going to different places to go walking. And that has also really lifted our spirits and, like, made us feel better. So that's just an interesting side, side note. Regarding the actual barefoot walking, I did it around my neighbor and I did my, it my, <laughs> around my neighborhood and I did it. <laughs> while it was nighttime so it was like evening it was we got dark while i was walking and i really um i enjoyed it i mean it was it was fun i i feel very safe it was interesting like one of the thoughts that came to me was how grateful i am how for how safe i feel in my neighborhood that i can walk by myself and i feel safe and i'd practice some mindful walking because i've been I was listening to a meditation on calm and he talks about meditative walk and how it's like you become, you slow down so that you can notice how your body moves and like you notice your body as it's moving and that's a different type of movement as well. So I really enjoyed that and I felt like I was more mindful of my surroundings because of it and of course my feet. I walked on like the, the all people's sprinklers had come on at that time and so I was walking through the water on my way back and that felt really good and I mo- I walked mostly on asphalt um, and that was actually my preference. Um, I walked on grass for a little bit but it was prickly grass so it didn't feel good and then I also walked on cement and the cement is very smooth but you can feel all of the rocks a lot more and so um, because of its smoothness you can the contrast in your feet is more severe. And so the asphalt was actually like my preference on that. So um, yeah, those are my thoughts on the barefoot walk.
1: Cool, Tracy, I really admire your mindfulness. And I really like the idea of mindful walking and just paying attention to everything your body's doing while you're walking. And, and I think it's awesome, also how you paid attention to the different surfaces you're walking on. And and the contrast and how you felt. And it's funny how everyone's different. Some people, like for you, the grass is prickly and someone else might describe the grass as soft. And so that's interesting to me. Were you gonna say something, Steph? Sorry.
0: Oh, no, I I feel like I should have gone first because Tracy's like experience was awesome. And I didn't do the barefoot experience because I hate walking barefoot but um and you I, tell us why you hate walking barefoot because i just don't i don't know like because um so one of my friends she always would go walk barefoot but to me like i feel like rocks will hit the wrong way even when i go into lakes i wear water shoes because i just don't like the feel of I mean, I'm fine if it's like a smooth beach, but if it's like rocky and stuff, I'm like, no, I'm protecting those feet. (laughs) Totally. But I I mean. I was
1: was just gonna say, I think a lot of people would agree. I I mean, you don't see a lot of people walking around barefoot most of the time. It's a weird thing to do in our
2: society. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, But I mean, I did walk barefoot to the pool but that's not nature, that's man-made. But
2: (laughs) mine was too. Mine was just like around my neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, that counts. Tracy though, I feel like around your
0: neighborhood feels like you live in a park because all the trees and everything, yeah. So um, (laughs) I really have enjoyed just being out more and like, I love summertime. I love like, my favorite time is just as the sun's setting and being on a great walk and being on a great talk and you sort of forget that the sun's going down. So I didn't exactly follow challenge, but I have been outside more than normal.
1: Awesome. And we're all about adapting the challenge here, right? right? Mm-hmm. All about that. So um, my experience of barefoot walking is, so I do a lot of this. I try to do a barefoot walk or hike or i've even started running a little bit barefoot i try to do that once a week and i i didn't do it in the winter but now that it's warmed up um i'm able to do that again um but what i did specifically for the challenge was i walked barefoot in a hot spring um oh. it, it was so i walked barefoot in lava hot springs and so i know that that's it's more man-made but it's you know there's lots of pebbles on the ground it is really rough on your feet um, but it was just nice to be in a hot spring in my swimsuit and it was sunny outside and I just, um, kind of went away from my group and I just kind of was by myself and I just kind of walked around the hot springs and, um, just felt the pebbles on my feet. And I love walking barefoot. It just, it makes me feel like, uh, as cheesy as this sounds, I just feel like I am one with nature. Like I'm being absorbed. Mm-hmm in nature, and I feel like I can just feel like, you guys, it sounds so hippy-dippy, okay, but I feel, I feel like I can just feel nature, like, coming up through my feet, like, into my body and cleansing me, and I just, um, I just feel healthier, I feel cleaner, I feel happier, and I just love the idea of getting back to our roots and doing things that are natural. And I feel like God created our feet and I think it's a beautiful thing to use our feet instead of using man-made shoes. I'm using something that God created for me. And anyways, that's my experience with walking barefoot. I just love it. And I remember seeing this guy, I got into barefoot walking at the end of last year, I want to say, and in 2020, I remember seeing this guy, Jacob and I were out on a run and he passed us and he was running with his dogs. And not only was he not in running gear, he was wearing a t-shirt and jeans and he's like running, like running really fast. Like he's, you could tell he's like out there on a run in his jeans. Right. And I looked out, and he's not wearing any shoes. He's like on the trail. Um, There's cacti, right? It's a rough trail and he's just running barefoot in his jeans with his dogs. And I was like, man, that is how you live life. That is a man who doesn't care what anyone thinks. That is just a man, just living his life. And I just thought that was so inspiring. And there was a tiny bit of judgment. I was like, oh, that's a free weird man. But I was like, you know, I feel like the weird people are the happiest people because they're just living life the way they want to live life. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought that was awesome. And I'm actually reading Born to Run right now. I know, if, I'm sure you guys have heard of that book. I don't know if you've read it, but uh, I just read about Barefoot Ted. Have you guys heard of him? No. He is the guy who created Luna Sandals. You can look him on, on Instagram. He's just such a cool dude. And I would also describe him and the book describes him as a weird free man right? He just (laughs) lives like totally different. He barely uses a car to commute. He always runs or he bikes. He lives on a little farm. He has a lot of money, but he just lives in like a a little shack with all these animals. And uh, he shares his story about how he wanted to run. But anytime he ran even just a couple of miles, he felt this excruciating pain in his back. And he just he tried shoe after shoe, after shoe, after shoe, and each shoe got more expensive and more cushiony. And he got to the point where he spent almost $300 on a pair of shoes. And those were the shoes that hurt his back most. And he just kind of gave up and he threw away all of his shoes and he, it, he was on a run and his back was hurting. And he was like, this is ridiculous. So he stopped, took off the shoes and he started walking home. And after a few minutes of walking, he was like, wait a minute, I don't feel any pain in my back. And so he started jogging a little bit and then he started running and he ran all the way home with zero pain in his back. And that started his journey of barefoot running. And he became the first sponsored barefoot runner. And he even qualified for the Boston Marathon barefoot. Man, all he does is run barefoot. And he created these Luna sandals, which are so, so awesome. It basically is like, um a leather and string, like keeping the leather on your foot. It's just completely minimalist running sandals. They're made specifically for running and your feet feel so free in them. And, um, anyways, I I just thought that was super cool. And there actually were some studies that uh showed that shoes that were $150 or more were more likely to cause injury versus shoes that were $30 or less or not wearing any shoes at all. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Yeah. And there's actually hardly any evidence that shoes decrease injury. And if, if you search, there is no company, there's not one shoe company out there that will say if you wear this shoe, it will prevent injury. Because shoe companies know that they can't say that because shoes actually, um, they mess up your gait pattern and your stance. And they honestly, they mess up your feet really, really crazy. So anyways, wasn't going to go down that.
0: So do you, do you line. run, do you run barefoot?
1: I'm, I'm getting into it. Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing is a lot of people will read Born to Run or they're these things and they'll be like oh throw away all their shoes and they just go straight barefoot and then they end up injured because we have grown up wearing shoes we have adapted to shoes um so if you're going to run barefoot and do more barefoot things you do have to make a slow transition like start with walking barefoot then one one week or one day a week of running barefoot and then you want to slowly transition to it to get your feet your body used to it uh, you can't just jump into it. But in the long run, um, it is a lot healthier and better for you, but it does take time to make that transition.
2: So I feel anyways. Like you, I feel like I um, I really appreciated what you said about that. I was like, wow, I feel like if anyone should talk about this, this is your topic to have a conversation or to talk about it. I In Second Timothy 5, chapter um Second Nephi chapter five verse seventeen, Nephi says he says that I Nephi did cause my people to be industrious and to labor labor with their hands. First off, I feel like that's what I've been thinking about as I've been out being like in the like actually working with the earth and on the land. Like I can see why he did that. Why he had people work with their hands, and then this and then yesterday David and I did magnificent Monday which means that we were cleaning our house in ways that he wanted us to clean the house and also I love it <laughs> doing all these <laughs> projects in the house and he wanted us to do all this stuff. And so it was magnificent Monday and we figured out some ways to like make our food storage more accessible. And like, we just did all these things. Right. But it was all like working with our hands for the most part part. And I've just been thinking a lot about like, well, how am I using my hands? Uh, that has been on my mind, is like, am I using my hands that I've been given? Of course, I use them all the time, but just like, how am I using my hands? And so I, I love that. And also it talks about how um, they, and it came to pass that we lived after the manner of happiness. That's the Nephi says about his people, um, that they lived after the manner of happiness. And I've been thinking about like the manner of happiness is like to be industrious and to have a purpose. And so... Uh, anyway, that's something that also came to my mind as you were talking about this barefoot running thing. But just this whole idea that this guy found a solution. He found a solution in something that the society did not have a solution for him. You know, like he found a solution that came from his intuition. And that is really... Um, Productive. We need to be like tuning into what it is. And also, when you talked about the whole Levi's, the guy running in Levi's barefoot, my mom, my whole life, she ran whenever she'd run a 5K with us or do anything like that, she would run in her jeans. My mom never did the whole like fancy clothes where. And it's so funny because I remember just being like, so I, at first I think initially I was a little bit like self-conscious and then I just was like, my mom is just somebody who doesn't need permission. She doesn't need to be like, oh, I'm ready now. She's always ready. My mom's always ready to go do the thing. And so I think for me, in some ways, that's like, that's how I grew up. I grew up with parents who were at Levi's all the time and they do all the things in their Levi's. So that's kind of funny.
0: I love I- that. Go for it, I feel- oh, I just feel like that my barking brain was like, that could be a Levi commercial. Like what you said. I grew up, <laughs> up with parents that do all the things and they do it in Levi's. <laughs> 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 Thank they- you. So pitch that.
2: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hey, sponsor me,
1: Levi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That also goes to show like, you know, you don't have to have all the fancy gear. You don't have to look a certain way to do things you want to do right so my dad used to run in cargo shorts that was his thing and really? he, he since I switched over to him now he's doing long distances but everything you know, in cargo shorts
0: <laughs> it, it's been interesting because I've been on a Dawson's Creek kick which takes me back to the late 90s early 2000s you know like my high school years and During that time, everything was baggy. Like, their workout clothes were not leggings. Like, no one wore leggings, you know? And so I think that's also a reminder that styles change and what people wear to work out change. Because remember those um, those snap pants that were baggy? Like, those were in, you know? And I don't know, there's just, like, so many things like I love that your mom just would run in early vice because really you don't need Lululemon or Albion Fit to <laughs> not that I would run in those but you know like to be a runner you can run in, in whatever
2: yeah but it's also kind of interesting to even think about how marketing has impacted what we mm-hmm. think we can do and what mm-hmm. we have to look like because this is actually one of my like I would love to bike more and but I just, my whole life, my mom was like, what are those bikers wearing that for? They're just, <laughs> what is with the spandex? Like, my mom just could not handle it. And I'm like, welcome to the spandex world, right? Like, that's all yeah. I'll wear. And so it's kind of funny, but she uh, she was very opposed to, like, the matching bike outfits. <laughs> she was like, come yeah. on. But I think it's also something that's kind of intimidated me. But because of my mom, I'm always like, take courage. Wear whatever you want to wear. Call yeah. Pull up your pants have it not put like i don't know just do what you want
0: yeah well go for it oh i was just gonna say in season one we talked about um cliff young and he did like the shuffle and i think i told you guys about it but it was like a 500 500, um mile race out of sydney and he showed kilometers
2: Or kilometers, whatever. Or was it kilometers? Probably kilometers,
0: because they do kilometers. What would that be in miles?
2: Maybe it's more than that. I don't know. I remember this story. I I would have to verify. But. Just keep going. I I apologize for interrupting.
0: No, you're totally fine. But he, like, showed up looking like a farmer, right? And everyone was like, why are you here? And he just kept this steady pace and ended up winning this race. And so, like, it really is true. You can run in whatever. Like, we, you don't need the Nikes. You don't need, like, all the brands. Um, you just need to get out there.
1: You guys, I love people like that. I think they're so inspiring. When you see someone who's just doing their thing, and, you know, we all have seen, seen those people who, you're like, you are not of this world, dude. Like, who does that? I love those people. I'm like, that is so inspiring.
0: Right?
1: I just wanna be myself and do do my own thing, you know?
0: I What was his awesome. name
2: again? Steph? So it's
0: Cliff Young. so I just looked him up. So it was he was a um sheep farmer yeah. and he talked about how like because he was always out getting the sheep, like he just was used to being running. So it was a five hundred and forty four mile race
2: oh my gosh it really was that long wow and that was so
0: insane <laughs> um and i mean it was like a few days right but um yeah people because it, it, he was doing a shuffle they didn't expect that he would do that much but he said when they asked him about it they said he said see i grew up on a farm where we couldn't afford horses or tractors and the whole time i was growing up whenever the storm would roll in i'd have to go out out and round up the sheep. We had 2000 sheep on 2000 acres. Sometimes I had to run all those sheep for 2 or 3 days. It took a long time, but I'd always catch them. I believe I can run this race. That's what he said. So. Isn't that cute? Wow. Oh.
2: Man. That's okay. Amazing. I have to I have to say something about this. So, I have um I this is what fascinates me is how life circumstances prepare people for what they do. Like the amazing things they do. That's because they had a whole preparation for years to do what they did. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know why, but this is like, this is something that fascinates me and it's partially because my friend, um, my friend Andrea and her husband, Nick, and they're both my friends, but Nick in particular, he came on my podcast. They both been on my podcast. And Nick, he grew up on a, a dairy farm. And, like, in my mind, Nick is just one of the most efficient people I've ever met. Like, he just knows how to move from, like, one thing to the next to the next to the next. Like, he and he's, like, just with, like, this complete energy. Like, just goes from one thing to the next. Sometimes to a degree that I'm like, who are you? Like, where did Mm -hmm. you come from? And the truth of the matter is that it's also because of, like, the the lifestyle he had growing up. Like, he had to hustle from a child. Like, he had to learn how to be efficient because then if he didn't, if he didn't get his chores done, he didn't get to go do other things. Like he had to become super efficient or he couldn't do what he wanted to do. And even as like, I mean, it's just like to me, he is such an inspiration, but that's also like the reason why he is who he is is because of like the circumstances of his life that were not perfect, right? And I feel like so many things, and this is just something I'm, I'm thinking about, but so many people, including myself, have had like maybe really plush, plush lives, like easier lives or whatever I would say. But in reality, it's like, that makes weak people, like circumstances that are tough, make strong people. And and I'm sort of just thinking a lot about that right now. And so I guess that just like, sort of makes that, that, you know, cliff. I mean, like the cliff shuffle or whatever. Um, Just thinking about that. And like, he's just like, I knew I would, I knew I could run that race because I shuffled around for three days, catching like you know. Right. Well, and here's the interesting thing: when I looked
0: that up, he finished ten hours ahead of the second place. Oh my gosh! So he it wasn't never- just a it wasn't just a little bit that he got ahead. Ten hours is huge.
2: And according to my memory, he didn't stop. He like just kept going. It was just
0: his slow little shuffle, and if you watch it, like it's not like he's sprinting. He's just steady. He's, like, literally the tortoise in overalls. Yeah. That's awesome. It is inspiring, and, like, what you're saying, like, certain things do prepare people. I remember um, our mutual friend Jill Young, she would always talk about, you know, that in other cultures, like, because she worked a lot with the elderly, and she was, like, people where, where they don't have bathrooms, they have to squat to go to the bathroom or a melody. I mean, there's all these things, right? That like people just do naturally if they don't have like modern technology. And that's why there's those blue zones of people living to be a hundred and they're so healthy. And anyways, it's a fascinating thought.
1: You guys, it just makes me so sad. Like, I I just feel like we in, in some ways have like digressed as a culture as a community, you know, and I just, a lot of these things, if you don't use that, you lose it, right? Because we don't have to squat down, like we lose our squat. And that just makes me so sad because we were born to squat. And that's why, you guys, I, I work with people with hurt backs all day, every day in my chiropractic, right? And granted, a lot of people come with hurt backs because of car but also a lot of people come with hurt backs, and they never did anything to hurt their back, their back just hurts. And it's because we don't move like how we used to move. And, um, there also is a lot of, um, there's theories that are the pain that we feel in our backs in our society, everyone has back pain, right? You hit 25 years old and back pain for the rest of your life. And, uh, there's theories that a lot of it has to do with, um, emotions, that back pain is really emotional. And, uh, you guys it just makes me so sad. I just think we all need to run away to the mountains. And and just live like cavemen again. I think we'd be happier.
2: (laughs) No, I so here's the thing, you know, you said like society loses things. Like I wonder in some ways how we digressed. I'm like, of course we've digressed. Like there's so much digression in some I mean, in some ways, of course we've digressed simply because we aren't in contact with the earth like we used to be. We're not we're not like using the earth to grow our own food. Because when you do grow your own tomato, I mean that's a new level of joy than if you go to the grocery store and pick up a t- tomato. Like when you grow something yourself and you watch it transform, like that whole experience is like you're invested in whatever you've created and like you become a co-creator. I think it's another way that we co-create with God. And so I think, um, yeah, that definitely for me, I'm like, yeah, in some ways, especially like our presence and so much that we're like running yeah. so fast or we're going so quickly that we have a hard time being present. I think that's also a big part of it is like how do we slow down because even David sometimes there's this um, song uh, that was oh what's her name she's a beautiful singer Sissel Sissel sings a song called slow down and it is so beautiful but I remember when I saw her perform it for the first time and I just thought to myself wow like that's wisdom you know slow down in this world It's like wanting you to spin faster or scroll more or move to the next you know it's just like that's kind of the world we're living in so we have to be in opposition to it so that we can have that presence
1: yeah the way I see it is I feel like man has turned away from God I feel like nature represents God I feel like God put us on this earth with everything we need and I feel like we're we have turned into like we know better than God. We're, so we'll we'll create our own society. You know, we'll. I, I feel like we rely on man more than we rely on God, and it makes me sad.
2: And in some ways, like God inspired those men to create those things that we yeah. now do. But it's also just like we need to have balance. And a lot of times we yeah. get we get really out of whack. And and the movement thing, you guys like. That's why when I set my timer, when I'm sitting down, I set my timer for 15 minutes, and every 15 minutes I get up and move. And the reason why I do that is that that's what helps me stay awake, attentive, and it moves me so that like, even you can see on my heart rate, it affects my heart rate throughout the the day to do that. Because my movement is more consistent. And so, um, anyway, if you feel like you need to, like everyone needs to move more, like all of us need to move more. But that's a good way, that's a good strategy to help you keep moving.
1: I love that. And that's impressive. You do that every 15 minutes. I I used to, I did home health, and I would always tell my clients ideally every 30 minutes. And then I said, if that's unrealistic, every hour. So, anyways, yeah, the consistent movement throughout the day is so, so, so good for you. So we are getting close to time. I do, I think this is so interesting, and I do want to share this really quick. So in the same YouTube video that I was telling you about, again, it will be in the show notes. He talked about three theories about why humans love nature. And I just want to go over these super quick. Um, there's the biophilia theory, um, which is since our ancestors come from natural spaces and survival was tied to food and water, we have ingrained, um, we have ingrained affinity to natural spaces. So like if people would show up to a place that was really plentiful and green and lots of, a river and lots of food, and um, so that's what the biophilia theory is. Is it's it's tied to survival. Like, oh, look at uh, you know, does that make sense? And then there's a, a psychoevolutionary stress reduction theory, or SRT, and that is um, our ancestors would encounter resource-rich areas. Uh, when they encountered research-rich areas, they finally could relax and feel less stressed. So we evolved to respond positively to natural environments. And then there's the attention restoration theory, or ART. Art. Uh, modern urban environments are so busy and complex that we fall victim to directed attention fatigue, um, and that's a phenomenon when your brain's ability to pay attention to something specific uh, is worn down by other distractions. So. The more you experience, um, the more stressed and irritable you become, and nature doesn't require the same level of directed attention, so we feel more refreshed and happier in nature. So basically, the getting out of the hustle and bustle of society, Uh, we can slow down in nature. And then there's an unnamed theory that nature reminds you of positive childhood experiences, but that one has that is like the most people don't think it's that one because I mean, not everyone had positive childhood experiences in nature. So anyways, just thought those are super interesting. So, um, and then just for our listeners, there's just uh, some ideas to spend time outdoors. There's so many things you can do, right. Gardening, walking, roller skating, hiking, swimming, fishing, boating, running, sunbathing just go outside and sit on your front porch in a lawn chair doing yard work jumping on the trampoline if you have a tramp in the backyard for your kids go jump on it that's not just for kids that's for everybody um go to the park again not just for kids that's for everybody I, I went to the park the other day and all the parents were sitting around watching their kids play. And I was like, get up on there with your kids. Why don't you ever see the grownups up there in the monkey bars? You know, um, that's a whole another thing, go on a picnic, take a walk on your lunch break, camp in your backyard. That was one of my favorite things to do as a kid. I remember one time, um, we had some rabbits and they lived in our backyard and I remember one night I just was like craving nature. And I was like, I'm going to sleep outside. And I just grabbed the pillow and the blanket off my bed. And I went and slept on the grass in my backyard. And I remember waking up and the sun was coming up. And our two little bunnies were jumping all over the place. And that was such an awesome memory. I just laying there with my blanket, watching the little rabbits jumping around. I, I loved that moment. Anyway, so our challenge for you guys is to walk barefoot this week and to spend more time in nature. And to finish the episode, I do want to go over our goals. I know it's been a couple weeks, um, but the goals that we talked about two weeks ago was Steph, you wanted to get caught up with work and Tracy, you wanted to plan your next event. So how are your goals coming?
2: Go, Trace. Okay. So I um, I have planned my next event, and I sent it out to the girls who I wanted to have invite, like who I wanted to invite to the event. Um, I posted it on my stories on Sunday. And um, my thoughts right now are I don't think it's going to work. And I want to have, like, faith and believe that it is, but I think that the price tag deters people. They don't want to pay. So that's at least the feedback I'm getting so far, is that like when somebody somebody knew that it wasn't paid, they were willing to come, but once they knew it was, they didn't want to come anymore. So I actually thought my neighborhood would be a good place to test it because I felt like there would be more people who would be willing to do that, but um, I don't think it appeals enough to them and it probably should have been a free event so that I could just get people there to to try it out um, but I so I don't know how I'll adjust the event at this point um, or if I will or if I'll just like kind of toss this one out and do something different in the future um, but yeah that's the update on that
1: Is it too late to just do it for free if you feel like
2: That would be better. It's not too late to do it for free. Um, Yeah, it's not too late. I guess I could still do that. But yeah, I'll have to think about it. I think it's hard
0: because working with youth, I mean, not that it's been, it's been like 20 years since we were in high school trace right you know so it is hard to know even like talking to them you know to realize what they want because it's so different and so I think that's a different realm where like with the women you had that room filled like easy because you knew what they would want to hear and so I, I think it's cool that you're venturing in with youth and I think it's like just good to remember like this is an area that you don't really know what they want, but I don't think they really know what they want, you know? So it's hard. Yeah.
2: And I think they also want fun. I think mm-hmm. they want fun. And if, like, that's guaranteed, then they'll, they're will they more likely to come. But I just – Yes. I don't think it's appealing to them. And I, I think I just know that it's not. Like, it just isn't appealing to them. So at this point, right, like, that's my feedback is that – yeah. So – it's, yeah, it's a good lesson learned. I mean, this is, you know, yeah, you got to learn. So this all part of the experience,
1: good. right? Yeah, I do. I do. I can kind of see. I remember when I was in high school, like I, I hated young women's. I hated mutual. I never wanted to go. I never wanted to go to girls camp. And my parents didn't necessarily make me, but I still felt like if I didn't go, I I drowned in guilt so I went anyways and I always went grudgingly and um I don't know it so I know that if it was me and there's another like like another like LDS kind of event I don't know if I'd be like oh this feels too much like mutual or or something that I don't really want to go to like I'm being forced to go to do you know what I mean
2: yeah I can totally see that yeah
1: Hey, but well, as as a woman, I'm like as a grown up woman, I'm like, those are my favorite things in the world.
0: I right. I, I would do your event every single night. If I could. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think for teens, like it is also a feeling of awkwardness. If your friends are not going, there's you don't want to go anywhere mm. by yourself. Like it's just I mean, I feel like back in the day, the social skills that we had growing up are so different to even now. It's like harder for them to connect since there's more screens and everything so
2: right and i thought i would incentivize them by being like if you come and bring a friend then it's like buy two, 1 get 2 free kind of a uh-huh. thing like you can bring somebody with you and um but yeah i i just don't think yeah it's it's been an interesting experience i'm like see the results and like none of the parents like the parents of course are like one of the parents was the one who responded, but then when she realized it was paid, she kind of rescinded. And then the other ones, there were two girls that responded or three. There was one other mom who responded and two girls who were like, let me look into it. Right. Like, that's what I got. So, I mean, at least they were, they like acknowledged it. Right. That was kind mm-hmm. of done to acknowledge it, but most of them just didn't acknowledge it at all. Nobody said a single word. So it's like, you know, it's interesting, right? Like if that's the, if that's the feedback you're getting, like that's valuable feedback, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, way to take the feedback like a champ. Yeah.
2: There you go. What, what can you do? It's like, okay, yeah. well, learn here, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Take some, take some lessons, but yeah, sorry. What about you, Steph? Oh, I, I
0: feel like I got caught up with work. So that's mine. Yeah. Melody, what was yours?
1: Um, mine was to find ADHD therapist which I did find you guys I found the perfect person and I know God led me to her she is just perfect and I'm super excited I feel like I've been looking for this kind of support for a really long time and I finally found the support that I need and I'm really excited so
2: that's exciting that Congratulations.
1: was a success yeah Thank wow. you, thank you very much. Um, so moving forward, what are your guys' goals for this week? Tracy, do you want to
2: start? Um, Steph, you can go or first Steph, on this one. Okay,
0: well, Melody and Jacob started 75 hard, and I started with them yesterday, so. Look, I have a whole oh you can't see, but I have all my green dots yesterday <laughs> for so. stuff. So this week I just want to focus on um, continuing with that for this week.
2: Wow, so. that's a big one. And by the way, Melody's been doing that for over a week now, right? Yeah, and it's been oh, inspiring
0: yeah. on Habit Share to see all her green dots. So thank you. Thanks for being my awesome support system. Tracy, what is your goal this week?
2: Um, I had a goal in mind and now it's leaving me, which is hilarious. I'm like, I can't remember <laughs> what I have. Because I, I, don't, I don't really feel so... Um, with the whole event thing not working, I have just sort of been like, hey, how do I want to recalibrate Um for this? Do I want to come up with something else? And so, but at the same time, I kind of just don't want to think about it. So there's this part of me that's like, I don't want that to be my goal this week. Um, I don't think my my event will be the goal, but um, I think it's actually going to be to finish this book called Hero on a Mission. I'm going to finish the book and hopefully do some of the exercises with it. So that's what I'm going to do.
1: Cool. I love it. Um, I want to know what that book is about, but we're running out of time. So if you'll tell me over Marco Polo, I would appreciate it because I'm very interested. Um, my goal for this week is, uh, like Steph, is to just keep going with the 75 hard challenge. Or it's not the, the exact challenge. I've modified it uh, like you have, Steph. So we're calling it the 75 tough challenge. It's our <laughs> own challenge. Um, apparently the guy who came up with 75 hard, he, I don't know if it was like a podcast or reel or something, but he was like, if you modify the 75 hard challenge at all, then you are not doing the 75 hard challenge and you have to call it something different. So 75 tough challenge. And, um, yeah, it's been lots of fun. And that is the goal is to keep up on that. So any last words before we close out? no No. okay thank you listeners for listening to us and i hope that you all have a wonderful week and we will catch you guys next week focus on the fire